we made it. We made it. I don't know how we did it. I don't know if you even know how we did it, but we made it. And we have a special guest with us today who's going to share part of her story and whatever else she feels comfortable sharing. A fellow queen in the struggle, a warrior for reproductive justice. I'm I'm happy I know her, and you're going to be too. Mm-hmm. CJ Heron, this is the sound of black and brown. So we have a southern sister in the house, and I'm going to start off. Uh, introducing our featured guest here today, Miss Ebony. How are you doing, sis? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fabulously. Perfect. Perfect. Yes, ma'am. So how about you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like CJ said, so I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I now live in Crown Heights, so Brooklyn, New York, and I'm loving it up here. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone knows anything about the South, but it's a little bit of a Bible belt. Um, and so I grew up there, um, lots of conservative viewpoints, things of that nature. And I got into, uh, telling my own abortion stories so doing like reproductive justice about nine years ago, shortly after Trump was elected. And I'd had my abortion when I was 22 and, uh, kind of knew that when Trump got elected that a lot of things in the South were going to change for the access to abortion and just reproductive health care, period, especially for uh, the black and brown community. And so I decided to kind of step up and share my story to kind of encourage others that, one, they're not alone within those decisions. Also, two, if they ever needed somebody to go to, that they can come to me about it. Um, there's still a lot of shame and a lot of stigma. So I started doing that work um, mainly because I felt like I was very lucky within my circumstances. And I felt like everybody should be just as lucky as I was of having that support and having that access to those healthcare choices. Um, and so I started doing that and got involved with Planned Parenthood and then went on to travel telling my story and uh, then got into being an employee for the Federation and encouraging other people to tell their story and training them to do their story as well, which is how I met the lovely CJ, which has brought me here today. Aww. So it's all coming full Aww. circle, you know? I'm just saying, I mean, you're just so amazing, so strong. The energy is just off the charts. Um, so you're from the South. Mm-hmm. Huh. Girl, I don't even know where to start. So listen, let's start from the south and bring it up north. In your okay. experience right now, do you mind sharing a little bit of your abortion experience so folks know this is real? It yeah. happens. It's a choice, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, if I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all, that's just how I am. So, I mean, I was 22 years old. You know, I was not in a relationship. I was living my 20s. I was uh, separated from my now ex-husband. I know I got married at 20, very Southern girl shit. Um, And we had separated. I was kind of still doing my thing. And I'd had a very constant partner. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I did. We weren't in a relationship, but we were constant, you know, doing our thing, doing adult things here and there. And, you know, one day he decided to not be so honest about what he did when we were doing our adult things. And then two weeks later, I realized that I was pregnant. And so I called my OBGYN and I was very lucky for my OBGYN to be a family friend. She I really didn't have to say shit to her. I honestly I called her super early in the morning and she was like, you're pregnant, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. She directed me to go to Planned Parenthood. Um, Thankfully, because, you know, some people may not realize that sometimes OBGYNs can be really sideways and direct you to a 
crisis pregnancy center where they can, uh, you know, they, they, if you don't know what those are, those are places where they will advertise as if they're an abortion center. So you might see they might have like free abortions or free when they're and they try to convince you to not uh, have an abortion. They're very religious based. Um, so she directed me to go to the right place, Planned Parenthood. So I went there. Um, I was able to get my abortion that day. Also, another lucky you know, part of my story, because now in Tennessee, you have to wait. Well, actually, now in Tennessee, it's completely illegal. Um, but prior to this past year. You had to get up. Uh, yeah, you had to wait 48 hours to before you could get an abortion, which if you and, you know, anything, even going to a doctor's office, you know, when you kind of need that health care, you need it immediately. Um, so I didn't have to wait for that. And I had friends and I had my cousin who actually helped me pay for it, too, um, which I was very. You had to for. pay. Oh, oh yeah. wow. People seem to think that abortions are paid by tax dollars. And listen, I wish they were because I could use that. For right. right now. Oh, shit. Or 50 back in my pocket. But no. So, yeah. So I had to reach out to them to help me pay for it. I was lucky enough to also have um, a boss at the time, my manager, who was also a friend who I could call and be like, hey, I can't come into work today. And I was able to also tell her that, hey, like I'm getting an abortion. And she kept that information to herself. A lot of people are not in that situation where they can, one, be able to take off work like super last minute, you know, two, also be able to be honest about it. And three, that information not be shared or spread by the person which they told that information to. So I was really lucky in that regard. And then also just my parents also supporting my decision and supporting, you know, me sharing my story as well. Because once again, you know, the South is a huge Bible belt. So it's still to this day, very taboo to even talk about sex, you know, let alone having an abortion, let alone having sex outside of marriage, even though people do that shit all the time. So, yeah. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm like, I, I got to tell you, I don't envy this situation at all to be in the South and have to have an abortion. I can't mm -hmm. I can't imagine what was what was that part like like can you share yeah. a little bit about that was it did you have any problems with that at all or it didn't affect oh, no. you I really didn't I grew up you know I grew up and I went to school with predominantly white people but both my parents are black I know I'm hella light-skinned there are light-skinned black, <laughs> 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 black people but both my parents are black well would you look at that <laughs> <laughs> And they really wanted me and my brother to like, we, they wanted us to know what's going on in the world. Like, don't get it fucked up. Like, you are not the same as the kids you go to school with. And That's so awesome. we That's talked awesome. about politics all the time. So like at a very young age, I like knew I had a lot of viewpoints about political things and abortion was one of them. So I always knew if I found myself with an unwanted pregnancy, I knew what I was going to do. So I didn't, I didn't have to think twice about it. Um, so for me, I was like, I had no shame. Like I'm already a black girl in a, see full of white people when I go to school. Um, so if I, I mean, I just couldn't give a fuck what people thought about me anyway. So I definitely didn't give a shit when it came to me getting an abortion because my life and my time and my energy is way too precious to care about what other people think about my own personal choice. So I didn't struggle with it. You know, I really didn't. And I really want other people to know that whether you are struggling with it or not struggling with it, whichever, everyone has their own process, but like, no, there is like no shame in it, period. Like, you have to do what you got to do. Those are your choices. You know, as much as you can, let the jealousy and the haters fuel you. 
So that's, that's, that's some yeah. heavy, heavy words, man. I myself have um, had a, an abortion and I found the setting to be so interesting. Now, mm. in my story, I went from being on the line where on the side where we're against the anti-abortion people, the pro-lifers. And let me tell you, they would find the best pieces of fried chicken to use as examples of a dead fetus. Now, I'm going to just say this PSA, and I'm going to say this, actually two. What we're about to discuss might be a little bit sensitive for some listeners, so we just want to say that out loud. You know, listener discretion is advised. But also, you know, let's think about this. The NRA is who's really killing our kids, not the Mm -hmm. abortion clinics. Right. Can I get an amen somewhere? Now, I don't know what your experience was at the abortion clinic down there, but up here, first you have to, I live in New Hallville, Connecticut, and where this abortion clinic, you know, the Planned Parenthood is located, I went to Planned Parenthood, and where it's located, you know, it's not in, it's, it's right downtown, it's in a centralized yet quiet area, and these people will find a time in their lives mm-hmm. to make signs and make pictures, and, you know, they really stand there close to the entrance with their signs and everything else, and they swear they're doing a public service. You cannot tell them otherwise. And it's sad because I actually sat there in my car, you know, before I went in, like yourself, I was fortunate. I was able to do a same day. I didn't know what to expect, what to think. Even though I had been outside and been inside there so many times, I don't think in that moment you could really say, oh, my God, I know what to expect, right? And it was a mixed Mm -hmm. bag, like, you know, there was one person, she was really, like, really emotional, really devastated. She seemed to have, I don't think from what she was saying to the intake person, it wasn't anything physical. It was just, you know, she really just could not have this child, and she was just battling with it. And it was good to see the staff there being supportive. Mm-hmm. And it was it was not intrusive. And I love what you said just now about the clinics, because that's huge, Right yeah. now, in my research, I found out um, prior to having my my abortion, I had already been researching on what really happens at these clinics because there's all these stories, right? And there's some stories that don't get told. For example, um, stories of some of the sometimes the clinics would open extra early so that certain people could get services, mm-hmm. or employees at said clinics get harassed, like really, mm-hmm. really harassed. It's so many different things, you know. Um, now, I know you're in BK right now. Shout out to Biggie. Hey. Um, but <laughs> who incidentally, if you know Biggie Smalls, you'll know where the inspiration for today's episode name came from. I'll let you all explore that on your own. But in terms of reproductive justice, can you give us an idea of what that looks like in Tennessee, in the South and Tennessee? Reproductive justice or just like the the landscape just for the healthcare and the access to it? Because there's not really a whole lot of justice down there. For oh, shit. Well, rights. that answered that question. All right. So <laughs> on to the next one. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's illegal now. Yeah. After, right. um, after you know, uh, what was that when the Supreme Court overturned it? I mean, we had we were what is that called? I forget now. It's like I'm blanking. But we were one of those states where like the minute the Supreme Court overruled it. I think it was like within 30 days would become illegal. So like there's no exceptions. So like rape, incest, none of that. Um, 
it's totally illegal now and in, in Tennessee. That's to fucking get crazy. Yeah. Pause and it was already pause. bad. It was no, already bad. Yes. I was about to say, can you talk about that part? Because yeah. I think people are, you know, up north, we're all the way up here. We don't see or know about certain things, right? We see or know, we, we believe the white media. So if the white media yeah. in general says it, so is so. My understanding is down south, you know, the need is great, not because women are just going out getting pregnant, but there's all types of devastation happening, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it's fun, kind of funny too because when Roe v. Wade got overturned, of course, up here in New York, everybody's like, "Oh my God, oh my God!" But I'm like, "You live in a state where one, it's still legal." Down south, I mean, shit. Roe v. Wade should have felt like it was overturned like decades ago. I mean, you know, there's three Planned Parenthoods in Tennessee. Only two of them offer abortion services. So you had people that are coming from hours. Some people were coming from out of state to get an abortion. Um, prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned. And then, of course, like independent clinics, it was really hard for them to stay open. So there was there really wasn't access, like actual access for that sort of health care that people needed. Um, so that was already kind of the landscape down there. And then when Roe v. Wade got overturned, it was almost like a little bit of a change, but not really that great of a change, to be quite honest, because it was still, like I said, very limited of what you could do um, and what you had access to. Um, and yeah, like the need down there is is actually quite great. You know, one, we our sexual uh, uh, education is very poor in the South. In fact, really, I graduated high school. Oh, girl, yes. Listen, I graduated high school in 2010. 2010. Okay, okay. I went to what was supposedly one of the best public schools in uh, in the Nashville, so Williamson County, Davidson County area. So we're talking metro, and then also the white parts too. 2010 was the last year that they were able to teach family parenting. It was abstinence only after that. So you're not even educating these teens who have hormones running all throughout their body on how to protect themselves, not just against like unwanted pregnancies, but STDs, all of that shit. You know what I mean? And so imagine that if that's going on in the white schools, imagine how it probably was in those, you know, in the, the metro schools where education in the South already is poor. So it's like, the need down there is so much even greater than just having access to it, but also just the education of how to protect yourself, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, it was there's there's a whole lot of reasons why it was it was very much needed. And that's friggin bananas. That's bananas mm-hmm. because I'm I'm getting like a visual. Of, mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting a visual that's scary because just imagine you're going through high school and you've seen your friends getting pregnant or something happens to them that. You know, and that's another thing. Can we talk about this for a second? It's not only people who get pregnant by way of, you know, a sexual agreed sexual encounter who need an abortion. Mm -hmm. Right. We have you mentioned something huge there. Right. What about now? What's going to happen now with the the victims, the sexual assault victims? You know, right. Right. What are they going to do? And I mean, from what you're saying. So there's no type of education. Nothing. Nobody with a banana, a balloon. Nothing. Mm-mm. Two teddy bears. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, not really. And, and you so, how do people learn? Like, is it like a exactly? Oh. How do they learn? That's a really so, good question. Cause right. I, I don't know. I so don't then, know. So then you would have to. One of us would. If we were in high school, right? Together, you would learn about sex from what I say to you, or from what what TV? Is that how it goes down TV, there? TV. 
the internet, I guess. I mean, hopefully, you know, people have parents or they have family or they have someone who they can go to about it. But I mean, you can't go to a teacher. It's actually illegal for a teacher to give any sort of advice what? or any sort of guidance. Yes. Shut the fuck mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Oh my it God. Is. That yes, is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm so you. wait, 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 hold up. So what happens if you're in class and a student comes in and he or she or they look like something happened to them and it turns out, you know, maybe they were sexually assaulted or something like that. They cannot say this to the teacher. Do they go to the nurse? Is there anybody or what? So, I mean, if they tell it to the teacher, the teacher immediately probably has to call it the principal, their parents, something of that nature. But the teacher cannot give them any advice on like what to do. Um, I guess they could go to a nurse. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Um, but That's I mean, one would imagine crazy. like That's you don't want to tell your parents. So like, yeah. So where do you go? You're kind of maybe left like at a dead end. Do you go to your friends maybe? Yeah. Who, who yeah. They have to then do their best to give you advice, and who knows how well that advice is? Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. It's it's ass backwards for sure. No, what about the church? Oh yeah, the church. Okay. Can we the go there? Part, right? let's, <laughs> so, let's go there. The church. So what they actually do now, if there is any sort of abstinence only classes, they bring in preachers, people that are of the church to Wait, teach hold people. up, hold up, Ebony yeah. Pause. I'm sorry, honey. Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm holding my temple. I'm hold <laughs> Did you just say abstinence only? Abstinence so, only. So they expect that's what they expect. So what happens if something happens to you that you did not want? What the, the preacher not going to talk to you now? Uh, the t listen, I can imagine if they're teaching abstinence only, and I come in and say that I was sexually assaulted, I would not be surprised if I get a lecture about what I did to warrant that or what I did circle. and didn't do. And a prayer yeah. circle. Don't forget the prayer circle. Jesus oh, yeah, for Christ. Sure. I'm sorry. Keep going. Lord have mercy. I hope you're listening to this shit because if we don't change what's going on, this is what's going to happen everywhere. Real talk. Yeah. Keep going, Ebony. Yeah, I mean, that's really the gist of it, to be honest. And what really needs to be happening is like now more than ever, like people need to be talking. Like if you have any young people in your life that you love, care about, friends of friends, you know, friends that have kids, cousins, nieces, whatever, children of your own, like educate yourself as much as possible. Make sure they have an OBGYN. Make sure your your boys have a doctor that they can go to. Like educate yourself so that people have somewhere to go, honestly, because the educational system, you know, I'm going to say everywhere really is is really lacking in that department when it comes to sexual and like reproductive Real health care. Real it talk. Really it really is because even here in New Haven, Connecticut, right? I find that mm -hmm. we don't do the level of sex education that we should be doing. And this mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything. Like, I feel like, and hence the reason I asked about the religious affiliates and so forth, because I feel like the minute we say the word sex ed in schools, everybody grabs their pearls and Bibles. Right, right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So let me ask you this. So in terms of abortion rights, what role does the, the, you know, the religious affiliates play down there? Like, are they pro, against, or a mixed bag? No, they are, they are very much against it. Like, oh, you will shit. find, you'll find a couple of, of, of religious people. There's a couple of preachers here and there, very, very rare, but you will find a couple who will advocate for the safe and legal access to reproductive health care. But for the most part, I mean, 
abortion is abomination, supposedly. I don't know where it says that in the Bible, but, you know, that's that's really what they will preach. Um, it's very taboo, especially in the black and brown community. It is incredibly taboo to discuss those things. Um, there is a very narrow and ignorant mindset that we are just going to treat children as if like they don't have hormones. And therefore, we're just going to act as if they are not having sex when they are having sex. And that's like the reality right. of the situation. So there's a lot of denial at the end of the day, a lot of denial. I would imagine so. Now, all right, so that's one piece of it. What about the black and brown community down there? What have what do you see in terms of like abortion rights? Um, a lot of people are very scared to still talk about it. I mean, I have a lot of friends that still reside in in the South who, despite me being very open about it, I may be one of the few, very few people that knows that they've actually had an abortion. Um, people are worried about jobs, losing their job. They're worried about, you know, what their family might think. I mean, I've are dealt with Are you serious about the jobs, yeah. though? Like, like oh, talk yeah. to people about that. Because, again, for those in the North, what you're saying is taboo. One would not right. think that a woman or whomever would lose their job for, you know, getting any of these services. You know, and this yes. is why, like, I really, really appreciate I can't say it enough, Ebony, you being up here and having this conversation because the myopia is real. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I don't know about any other states in the South, but I know in Tennessee specifically, you can fire somebody and you do not have to disclose why you fired them. So one, know, know your rights, know the law. But two, that's one of the reasons why some people are very um, apprehensive about sharing that they've had an abortion, because if that were to get back to their employer, they might. Who knows? You might get called in and you might be let go and you have no idea why. And you, you never know. That person might have some sort of you know opinion about, you know, abortion and, and, and reproductive health care. And that might be a personal reason as to why they let you go. And that can also be very prove or hard to prove that that's why you're being letting go. But that is definitely a fear that some people have for sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the struggle. That's crazy. That's really mm -hmm. crazy because I cannot imagine, you know, having to go to work and I'm I have to make a choice. Should I have this child or should I risk it? literally risk it all and have an abortion you know you see the images of the south places like yeah. tennessee and you see you see these families with all these kids and it's easy to assume that all these folks like to do is have kids but nobody ever sits and talks about this part i mean right. listen to what you're saying if if you go and you have an abortion you not only your whole community might disown you it's what it sounds yeah. like yeah that is some absolutely shit. that is some shit Absolutely. I mean, there was a a, a vote or uh, I think it got vetoed. It definitely got vetoed. But there, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a, a bill that was on the books in regards to the person who impregnated you to be able to veto you get an abortion. Like that Are was you actually, serious. Yeah, that was actually discussed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, make, you can't make this shit up. And I, I'm just, you know, yeah. it fell out my mouth. You really can't. You can't, you can't make this shit. You can't. There are some states. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if it's Florida. I can't. Remember. I'm trying to think because through all the work that I did with Planned Parenthood, with all the storytellers from all over the yeah. country, I can't remember if it was Florida or if it was maybe a state in on the West Coast. I can't remember, but I think it was Florida. But someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. Do your research. Don't quote me on this. But right, right. They, Don't come for her. To, Don't come for her. Yeah. <laughs> to get an abortion, you actually have to go before a judge. 
That's fucking nuts. I think you're right. I think don't come for me either. So fuck it. Don't come for either one of us. But I do think you're right. I think it is Florida. And that's a disease that's been spreading and people need to pay attention. Because these are laws that are coming and going. And what they're doing is you don't even know it's happening until after you see it on TV, literally. Yeah. You know, because the Mm -hmm. problem is a lot of the medical providers have ties to legislators and lawmakers who share the same political and socioeconomic view. And let me just say this, that does not mean that they're only a Republican. Because we have yes, a lot exactly. of Democrats who are anti-abortion and anti-reproductive rights. And I, I, I'm confused because yeah. if we're about democracy, how is it that you're banning the choices on my body? You know, again, right. it's the NRA who kills children with their guns, not the abortion clinic. No, 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 no. Right. No, right. no, no, no. Now, in terms of abortion rights and knowledge and all that we just discussed, do you see a difference, Tennessee versus where you're at now? Is there any differences that you've noted? I think, the, you know, the differences that I've noticed, unfortunately, I think is like the the lack of acknowledgement of the privilege, right? One thing that I think Ooh. people get really... Oh, Ebony. <laughs> Oh, girl, <laughs> you see, this is why we're friends. She's dropped the P word, y'all. All the white yeah. people just got scared. They got scared. <laughs> it's the privilege. And I'm going to say not even just white people, everybody. I, one of the things that I've noticed up here, um, and I know we talked about this too, CJ, when we were at Yale, was, you know, the the idea that because you live in a state that at the moment, that's the operative phrase here, at the moment, is welcoming and protective of reproductive health care and rights. That does not mean that it will always be that way. Look what they tried to do with Miffy, right? Miffy was the direct was a direct response to the states that did not overturn Roe v. Wade, right? That did not overturn uh, the access and the legality of having to get an abortion in those states. They were like, okay, you want to keep it legal, cool, but guess what? You can't really get an abortion, though, if you don't have the resources and the and the, the pills and the medication to do so. So they try to come for that, too. So don't get it fucked up. Like, be thankful for having the access, but also keep your eyes and ears open because shit spreads. Fuck yeah. And Fuck everything's yeah. a domino effect, okay? Yes. Look at, like, different states, right? Like, you may not live in the South, but if I have to sit here and go to a Democratic state to get an abortion, that may directly affect your ability of how soon you can get an abortion. Because if they're overrun with different appointments, if they're overrun with patients that are needing to come in, that can then prolong what you're able to do for your own health care. So don't think that just because you live in a safe state that you don't have to worry about anything. You do. Exact girl. You preach and you came to preach. She came to preach. She came to spread the word. I'm agnostic, but I will take you to church. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you, sis. No, because here's the thing, right? You're so right. And people are not paying attention to that because right here in Connecticut, there was a change in Planned Parenthood. See, before you could walk in, you could make appointments. Certain things you could do with a live person has now been removed now. Now you have to go through a whole call center, something, something. And people are failing to realize this is, you know, a ramification of all who are against this abortion access. Like, this is a big deal. And do not think it cannot happen right here in Connecticut or in New York, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. 
You see, because like right out here, we have, um, you know, a bunch of houseless encampments, a bunch of houseless people, right? I, I try not to say homeless because home is where your heart is. I doubt their heart is in that street. Okay. Mm-hmm. So houseless people displaced. And this is another stigma, right? Most people assume that houseless persons are people who are on substances or mentally unwell and a mix of those and even if they were what did it matter mm-hmm. even if it was a sex worker i think about our undocumented immigrant population i think about the working poor okay because mm-hmm. there's a lot of work and poor people and these are the people living in these houseless encampments i was right. recently told about an instance that happened at a shelter in new haven outside a shelter in new haven you know, that's another thing that's happening. You're seeing these encampments pop up near, like, hotels and shelters because they're trying to get in and they're trying to stay close to where they think they're safe. But let me tell you something. These people are not safe. I heard a story of a woman being gang raped at mm-hmm. one of these tent cities, right? Mm-hmm. And there was mm-hmm. no support system for her. And right. so the city of New Haven was challenged, right, because uh, someone connected to the woman raised the concern like you know why isn't there this was a social worker why isn't there any type of resources for these types of crises and right. you know sitting in here and just try to put it under the rug say oh you know that's not true it's here there and everywhere but there is not really true access to these resources not the way people think it's not right. what you think we're, we're actually getting closer and closer to having a setup similar to what you just described in tennessee you know now, let me ask you this. For the folks who are anti-abortion, what would you like to say to them? Mm-hmm. What, what, what words? <laughs> Take it away, sis. Ooh, what I'd like to say to people who are anti-abortion. Um, I think one thing I would like to say is please tell me one unborn child that you have spoken to that said they need advocacy on their behalf. Because if we're supposed to be about like the right to life, like when does my, when does, when do my rights to living then like, when do they expire then? You know what I mean? Like if I'm supposedly right. here and I'm breathing and I'm alive, as you say, I'm technically who you supposedly are supposed to be advocating for. And I'm saying, I don't need your help, right? Like you are infringing on what I am able to do. It's also none of your fucking business. It's, I, it's, this, it's one of those things that I like to like, I call it like the middle child uh, advocacy, right? It's almost like you need something to advocate for because there is nothing else that you can advocate for because clearly your life is so privileged that you're going to choose to advocate for something that at the end of the day is a personal choice, right? It's like no offense to anyone who's vegan. I have nothing against it, but it's like people who say, if you eat meat, you are a murderer, right? It's like, well, that's a choice. You don't have to be vegan, right? You don't have to get an abortion. If you don't like it, don't get one. You know, but at the end of the day, it's my personal choice. And like, once again, why do you give a fuck of all the things going on in the world, of all the ass backwards things that are happening in this country, the supposed greatest country in the world? We are showing our ass right now. And there are way bigger things to worry about, like the environment, like education, like the, you know, school to prison pipeline, shootings, guns, um, food deserts, right? The quality of the food. There are so many other things that we need to focus on and what somebody wants to do with their own body, what someone also may need to do, right? Because I think there's a misconception that someone who gets an abortion is like what? This like Jezebel, right? This, uh, who was that in the Bible? What was her name? I forget. Um, 
was you one know of them Mary. About. Yeah. One of them, right. one of the Marys or whatever. You know, one of the like, Marys, right. You gotta be a whole to get an abortion. That's what that's right. what they say. And all the really holes gets abortion. Exactly. And so the fuck what? So the fuck what if I if I call myself that? I mean, I don't, but it doesn't matter. You're absolutely right because there's other personal decisions that are made and people don't get mad about it. How come you all didn't get mad at all them white people, them rich white people who use their children's social security numbers to buy houses? You all don't get mad about that. I don't see you all kicking up shit about that. Imagine what would happen if we went back to all those people who got houses, properties, and other assets in in using their children's social security number. Why? Because they knew somebody who could ease it through. There's so right. many things that they ease through. Imagine what would happen if we went back to them and say, oh, you can't have that no more. No more right. for you. Guess how many people are going to be homeless and exactly. houseless. Yeah. And, the, and the, the funny part, too, about the anti-abortion people, too, as well, it's so funny because you can sit here and argue with me all day, but like stats and facts, you, I'm sorry, it is what it is. One in four people are going to get an abortion by the age of 45, which means some of these people out here that want to be protesting, if I'm counting like every fourth woman, every fourth person with a uterus, one of y'all hoes had a fucking abortion or one of y'all will. So while you out here right. lying on yourself that's or right. your future self, check yourself. You and that's if I mean? it's a safe abortion, Ebony. Don't forget that part because here's the thing. When women cannot get access, people, women get creative when they want to get rid of a baby. Some women get really, some people get really mm-hmm. creative. We're talking about clothes hangers. We're talking about pills. We're talking about bottles. We're talking about backdoor procedures and this woman who knows how to do this and drinking that and all these different mm-hmm. abuses to your body, man. Some women even like get physical, like they punch their stomach or, you know, they'll throw themselves downstairs or they'll drink things to try to push the baby out. Self-harm. It's a lot of self-harm. It's a lot. In fact, to me, there's more self-harm in trying to prevent the abortion as opposed to allowing it to happen. Because on the flip side, right, what about the mother who didn't want to have the baby because for whatever reason she felt like, you know, she was not mentally, you know, able or financially capable, or just did not want to. Now you're going to make this person force themselves to be a parent, and it may or may not work out. Like, who benefits, right? Right. But it also has a huge effect just on the medical field in general. Um, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I know there was a huge article that came out, like, I want to say it was like a few months ago, where doctors were having issues, and pharmacists as well, and filling prescriptions for people who weren't even seeking an abortion pill um it was people who had like who were diabetics who were loop who maybe had lupus there was like an ingredient within those medications that's also found in the abortion pill and because of some of the laws that have been passed in the south and midwest pharmacists and doctors were very hesitant to prescribe those out of fear that they might be accused of aiding and abetting someone to get an abortion right so like you have people who don't even aren't even seeking that they're that then having to have their own health put at jeopardy and put at risk because they're not able to get the medication that they may need. So it's a, it's a, it's everything is connected. Nothing is mutually exclusive when it comes to issues like this. And that's what I think anti-abortionists like don't even take the time to think about or realize, um, or they just choose to ignore it all or all of the above. I don't know. I'm telling you, I think they just like, they wake up and like you said, they, they figure out, huh, what's going on today? Oh yeah. I'll just go raise hell about this that actually in the whole scheme of things make absolutely no sense. And you know, mm-hmm. 
I get particularly perturbed with those with religious affiliations who start to preach about, you know, what Jesus would say. I mean, I don't know what version of the Bible or whatever else they're reading, but I kind of remember the part where, you know, Jesus kind of slept with a couple of prostitutes and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, if we look into his conception, that was questionable as well. I mean, if anything, <laughs> his whole conception is the poster child for abortion rights right there. But that's a conversation between Mary and Joseph. You know, but the whole the whole hook and crook of it is I really cannot stand when people use religion as a means to say, well, this is wrong because, right. you you know, you're denying someone their human rights, you know, and you may think that this is not a big deal, but it is because I think about those who survive sexual violence or domestic violence, you know, or maybe having a baby that may cause them harm. That's a whole other right. category too, because right. some people cannot carry to term. Some right. people might have complications or the right. baby itself may not be able to go to term. So why right. are you punishing these people? Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's been, there's been a lot of articles that have came out of doctors speaking out in regards to the pain that someone has to go through because they cannot actually, um, not it's not an abortion, but remove the fetus or the fetal tissue until the heartbeat has completely stopped. So that person is then having to go through all this pain or they then have to then deliver um, a, a baby who at the end of the day was not viable um, and therefore is going to be coming out, you know, already not living. So it, it can right. cause a lot of a lot of complications and also just prevent the medical field from being able to do what they were supposed to do. Once Correct. again. A direct hypocrisy to what we try and preach all the time as a country of being the best country in the world, best healthcare in the world. This goes completely against that. So, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does because even like in the prisons and detention centers, even at the border, right? How are these women showing up pregnant? How the fuck you end up in a situation <laughs> like that? And then you get pregnant, you have to keep the baby. And we don't, you know, those stories don't get told. Right. They don't exactly. get told and it's not fair. Right. And it's just like, you know, what has to happen? And, you know, you hit on something big there because sometimes those same people who are yelling out pro-life, pro-life, either they have had a, an abortion that they're not talking about or may yeah. have to or may they, they may know someone who did or has to. It happens. Right. Yeah, they definitely do. We say at Planned Parenthood all the time, you love somebody who's had an abortion, period, period. Well, stop. Full stop. That's it. Punto final. Now, talk to us about your work in Brooklyn. What's that like and how's that going? The work in Brooklyn, you know, it's it's steady, you know, still doing a lot with Planned Parenthood. Um, even though we had some massive layoffs, I was affected by that. But I'm still doing things of this nature, still telling my story, still, you know, like you said, preaching the good word, if you will, with my agnostic ass. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, still trying to do that. Um, still trying to just talk to as many friends as possible whenever the, the topic comes up. And on that note, I want to say, like, I want to make it a, a very valid point here, a very, like, strong point. When it comes to reproductive health care and reproductive justice, this is not just an issue for those who have a uterus. I need my black and brown men, my black and brown penis-having people to step the fuck up. Okay? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, I need that to happen. It needs to happen. This is not just a That's uterus right. issue. It's not. And I'm getting really sick and tired of it make of, of it being preached as if it is, right? This is an issue for everybody to care about. 
because there is somebody who's going to be affected by this. And if you want to have kids one day, you you need to pay attention to that. Right. Like you do, because if your you know, partner or whatever goes in, tw- hits 25 weeks, that fetus is no longer viable. They may need an abortion. And what happens if you live in a state or if you are living somewhere where it's not accessible? You need to start caring now. We have a presidential election coming up. Soon after that, you're going to have midterms. You got to pay attention to that shit because when you vote too, I hate to get on the voting preaching, but like when you start to vote, you are not voting for the right now. You're voting for the future. Nah, if there's sister, talk that talk. You don't know, if there's anything the Trump Trump getting elected till if if you didn't learn anything from that, that's what you learned. Okay, like that's what you should learn because we are still dealing with that man's bullshit because people don't want to get absolutely. Absolutely, because here's the thing. Again, there's some Dems who should really come out and say they're Republican. And I'm saying that based upon how they have done things and continue to operate, the gatekeeping, the gaslighting. Don't think, like, even out here in Connecticut, there's such a tortured rapport between the DTC and the Black and Democratic, the Black and uh, Latino caucus, right? And you would never expect that, or you should not expect that. And you should wonder why is there so much infighting in the DTC? And to go on that, I mean, you have to talk about voting when you talk about this. I don't see how you can. Yeah, right. I really don't see how you can't because it's, you know, it's what's in your ballot. Do you really right. want to keep supporting a system that continues to oppress you? Do you really not want to challenge lawmakers on not having enough sex ed in schools? Come on, right. man. You'll exactly. get more, I mean, these people get more wound up about peanut allergies than any fucking thing else. And it's like, bro, we have a lot of teenagers out here. You know, they already got deprived their socialization from COVID. Could we at least buff up and, and add these services? I'm one who thinks that they need to bring back the trade education to the schools. Mm-hmm. I really feel they need to they do, do that. And they need to bring back the sex ed class have yes. those uncomfortable conversations yes and the civics classes too some people don't even yes. know how government works it's not at like, all it's not insane. at all and i gotta yes. say too like don't don't let the republican and democratic title get you fucked up either like Correct. really listen to what people say because like you said i know some democrats and i'm like you really a republican boo like you really a republican and then i hear some republicans i'm like Real oh you actually do understand what it means to be a Republican because you believe in small government. I know some right. Republicans that are completely against the overturning of Roe. They are totally for abortion because they believe that government should not, you know, have their hands in your personal lives. So right. really pay attention to what people are saying. Like, I don't even I don't care if someone's Democratic or not. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm voting in the South where I'm still a citizen because or right. a resident, I should say, because my vote goes a little bit further <laughs> there. I'm not going to lie. I'm not voting for any Republican because I don't. That's right. I was about to say, let's make sure everybody heard that disclaimer, right? Yeah. She ain't going to vote red. I'm glad you said that because I think people get confused sometimes with me too when I start talking about the Dems because, you know, there's no perfection, right? We need Mm -hmm. the Dems. We need the white Dems to step aside and let us take the lead. That's what really needs to happen. You know, for me, Ebony. I thought after COVID and after watching George Floyd call up for his mother, after Breonna Taylor, after all these different, you know, things that happened, my God, why, what the fuck, why are we doing long edition with this shit, you know? (laughs) And this is why, like, I really appreciate you going out there and sharing your story and talking this up because it needs to be said. And our black and brown men, we need you all to get up and stand up. 
this is not an only us issue. In fact, it doesn't matter how the fuck you identify. Get the right. fuck up and stand up and know that this shit needs to be addressed. It has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And listen to listen to people when they talk to like, I, you know, I, I don't want to go on a rant or anything, but black and brown men, come on, y'all. You got it. Black and brown women have been there. We stand by your side. We sit here and we take one for the team all the time. And then when the role is reversed, some of y'all need to step up. Same like same thing. Talk to your friends as well. Like we got to do better. We just got to do better, period. All the way around. Yes, because a lot of the music that we listen to and the TV and all of it is highly sexualized, Yeah. right? So you go from, you know, and here's the thing. To my black and brown men, come here. I'm talking to you. Come here. Come close. Not so, not too close. We're not that friendly. But <laughs> I need you all to listen to me. Wearing a T-shirt that says all, all the stuff we're talking about is not the only thing you could do. You could ask questions. Talk to your, your partner. Talk to your sister. Talk to your cousin. Talk to the, you know, those who will encounter this, as she said, right? Have the conversation. Ask them questions if you're not sure, or even better, educate yourself. Yeah. Before you decide to rant off and criticize that one and, and you know, all this other horse shit, don't go Kanye West on us, you know, at least not the current right. one. We liked Kanye back then. We don't like him right now. We don't right. know what the fuck going on with that boy. I mean, that's a whole other podcast that I'll need you to come back for. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, what – <laughs> I, oh, girl. Uh, <laughs> what has been your experience with your, tori te your storytelling, Tennessee versus Brooklyn? Any differences in, in terms of reception? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I definitely feel – I mean – I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to tell my story when, you know, if, if it's open and welcome, the time is right, whatever. It's definitely more, it's, I, I definitely feel more love up here. I will say that. Um, I'm not as, um, uh, how do I put it? Like, I'm not as much on guard when I tell my story up here. Down south, really? I'll tell my story. I'll tell my story still in the south, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm bracing myself for what may come, you know? Up here, I don't, I don't, have that as much although i will say i have definitely encountered people who who do not agree with with what i'm saying or don't agree with my choice up here just as much as down south um which i always find to be very interesting um that you know like dave Chappelle said you know every every place has their own form of racism and prejudice right and so it's definitely a little different up here even when it comes to that topic um but like I said, I'm not as on guard. Um, I feel like there's definitely more people to kind of step up and like back me up, co-sign up here as opposed to down south. But I've definitely, I think, experienced, you know, some animosity or some backlash, if you will, just as much up here as I did down south, too, when it comes to, to, to sharing my story, um, especially when I when I have to check, you know, you know, white women about. Oh, I was just yeah. about to say it. You know, them white girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know when they're politicking and Sarah Paulin and, you know, they're Palin, whatever the fuck her name is, you know, they, they don't want to hear it because they know everything. Then white women, they will tell you with an attitude and blow-dried hair, we know everything. You know nothing. Nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing. My God. But you know what else, too, is, Ebony? Up here in the North, the racism is more subliminal. It's, it's normalized. It's it part is. of it. It is. It shocked, yeah. girl, it shocked the fuck out of me. Like, I, I mean, 
where I'm from, we're just used to white people being racist. But up here, you got the Haitians don't like Cubans or the Puerto Ricans don't like the Colombians. You know, you got the the Dominicans don't like, you know, the people from Venice. It's just like, OK, I'm so just used to being white people racist. Cool. Like up here, it's like depending on because everybody knows where they come from up here. You have to remember, like in the South, a lot of us are just descendants of slaves. So like we are literally African-American, like of the truest definition. We don't right. have roots. You know, we don't know where our roots really are unless you do 23andMe. And half the time mm-hmm. you'll be surprised by that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like we don't have direct <laughs> roots to Jamaica or Haiti mm-hmm. or Cuba or DR or Nigeria mm-hmm. or you know, we don't we don't have that. So up here, no. it's so interesting when you see like people who look like I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, y'all black. But then you'll hear them have different racial slurs depending on, you know, where yes. they come from. So it's it's definitely it's been like very eye opening to me for sure up here. That is something else that you hit on. Now, what about in terms of black feminism and abortion rights? What where do you see the intersectionality or does one exist or not? Yeah, it does. It's it's strong up here, I will say. And I, I'm 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 happy to see it. I'm happy to see it, actually, like the amount of black and brown women who will who are so open about speaking about their experience is tenfold to what it is where I'm from. Um, and it's a very beautiful thing. When I first moved up here, I connected with um, one of the workers over at the Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. We did what we call uh, a shop chat, which is specifically for black and brown people to come together and to uh, talk about their own stories, you know, educate ourselves on reproductive health care. And we pick you pick a uh a local shop owned by a black or brown person. You go there, it's invite only. Um, you kind of get to indulge in whatever that shop is offering, but you also have a circle and we all talk about our own stories. And I thought it's a very beautiful experience. And I love that because that's some shit that needs to happen down south way more. Um, but it just it just doesn't for for reasons that I've already stated. Um, so I, I've loved that up here. I've loved that sense of community up here. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing, and I, I I can't preach about it more or talk about it more to send it back right. down to my folks down there to do. So, yeah. That's, well, that's in saying that, it leads into my next question. Where yeah. do you see um, things going for Tennessee and then also Brooklyn? Where do you see it all going? Ooh, Tennessee, my, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a realist. I don't see it going in a good direction. I don't. Um, now, don't get it fucked up. There's there there are fighters down there. If there's one thing about Southerners that I will say is, as bad as it can be, we we stand up and we fight. You know, it's not just the white Girl, people. Who are you going. telling? Did you not <laughs> see that Alabama brawl? People were yes! bringing their folding oh chairs. I was like, let's okay, go. Now listen, go. y'all. Don't get let's mad go. at them and don't come for us because Shirley Chisholm told us all, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. And homeboy did that. <laughs> yes, yes, 1000%. And I will, I will say this so much, you know, disrespect to people up north, but like people down south, like we don't play. So like that was like so not a shock to me at all. I was like, oh yeah, like I could have told you that was going to happen 10 minutes before it did, like 1000%, whether it be the white people, what they did and the black people coming to set up for their, <laughs> for their homie, like period. That was not a surprise to me at all. But I mean, for the most part, like when it comes to the landscape of reproductive rights and in Tennessee, it's it's I mean, we, we've already hit like as low as I feel like we can go. There's but once you think you can go low, there's always another level closer to six feet under. You know what 
know what I mean? So right. who knows what's right. going to happen there? I don't see it getting better um, right. unless people fuck the fuck up and they change shit so it can be better in 10 years. It's not going to be better tomorrow, but maybe it could be better another decade or two. As far right. as Brooklyn, I feel like that – I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't been here long enough to be able to, I think, be able to be clairvoyant enough to be able to tell you what what could happen i feel like it could go many different directions um i i mean all i can really say is is you know don't let them catch you sleeping you know what i mean sleep with one eye open for sure to make sure you know they don't come and get you in your sleep um because it's it's in the works you know if there's I mean, I'll give credit where it's due. It's not credit that I want to give, but I, I have, like I said, I'm a realist. And like the other side has been working very hard for very long and they are not sleeping on these states where abortion access is still legal. They're not sleeping on it. Trust and believe they're not. No, no they're not. Can you say yeah. more on that by what you mean by that? So folks really get a clear understanding. Yeah. I mean, so the, even before Trump got elected, right, it had been in the works since Roe v. Wade was even, uh, and I think it was 1973, 1974, I think it was 1974, when it became federally legal for people to get an abortion. The minute that happened, anti-abortion groups were working their asses off, coinciding with legislation in order to get that overturned. I don't know if anyone remembers 19 Kids and Counting, the Duggar family. If you haven't watched the documentary on Amazon Prime, go and watch it because it shows you exactly the direct correlation between these religious groups and government. And these white people are working fucking hard. And the Uncle Toms that they recruit, too, are also working very hard. Herschel Walker's out there. okay? so they've been doing this for decades and they're doing it for years and they are doing so much behind the scenes. Don't get it fucked up. Whatever you see on the news of someone acting up over here. It's like a little puppet show. They want you to see what's going on over here so you don't see what their other hand is doing down below underneath the table. You feel me? So it's like you kind of need to pay attention. The more you see some outrageous shit, trust and believe there's probably some more outrageous shit going on like that you don't even know until the minute it happens. Seriously. That's right. You have to pay attention. I I can't till this day. I can't stand it when people were like, oh, they're not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yes, they were. And they did. Like, there is so much that happens within politics. You cannot doubt what this government is capable of, what people are capable of. If you ever open a history book, history is just a study of human behavior and history repeats itself. So if you know anything about the history of this country, just the history of just the human population, the human race, you should not put anything past anything, honestly. Not only that. Right. Let me add to that. Look at what yeah. happened with, with um the woman in the pussy hats. Where did they go? Where did they go? Where, where did all, that's what I'm saying. Where did they go? Where did the woman from Me Too go? You see, yeah. this is the thing. For white people, the oppression is a trend. For us, yes. it's life. Yes, exactly. And what we need to stop doing, we need to stop looking to them to lead us. See, I, I have a lot of problems with that because I myself had to handle dealing with being shoved out of my own space by a white person who used their gender identity as a shield. Mm. Hmm. Imagine that. Because let me tell you something else that might shock some people. If you're not sitting down, sit down. The racism has no bounds. Racism has no bounds. 
It happens on the streets. It happens in the, you know, in, in the legislative buildings. It happens in the hospital, the schools. It even happens in the movement. And this is what I'm noticing. When the white people decide to get serious about something, it becomes a thing. And we need to really understand we are not the minority. We could lead ourselves. Huey and Malcolm and Martin and everybody else didn't do what they did for nothing. They right. passed us the baton. And what the fuck did we really do with it? Seriously. Why do we feel like we need white people to lead our movement? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. And in the North, that's a big problem because, again, like I said, the racism here is so subliminal. So yeah. what happens is, is that you'll see all these actions about different things, all these different, you know, events and whatnot, and you would assume that it will be led by black and brown people. Then you'll see a white person get on the mic and say, we're here because we care. Listen, white people. We know if you care, give up some of your power and space. Mm -hmm. If you're so, if you have to be upfront and it has to be you, 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 you know, different than the problem you seem and say you care about, you know, different. And right. what I see happening with reproductive justice is that you don't hear enough about the black and brown storytellers, the black trans, black and brown trans people. You don't hear about that. Right, right. Where did that go? Did it go with the woman with the pussy hats? I don't fucking know. But I know that it's still happening, right? We have a big problem happening at the border right now. How are these women turning up, women and girls, turning up pregnant? How are sex workers, you know, ending up dead and nobody cares about that? Right. Trans sex workers are showing up dead and nobody gives a fuck, right? But y'all y'all spending right. money Listen, don't come for me. I'm just, I don't think that with the amount of attention and respect that Beyonce has, I would expect for her not to spend the time throwing concerts that people cannot afford to go to, but more so, you know, to reinvest into the community that she cares about because right now people are in pain. Right. right. I know of people who spend their rent money to go to Beyonce concerts. Right. And I'm like, are you fucking stupid or are you stupid? But they decided to do it. I mean, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Can't pay me for that. I ain't spending that kind of money for no damn celebrity. That's fucking ridiculous. That's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Right now, with the you see how much the price of eggs are? The price of eggs, almost the price of, well, no, the price of eggs went down. More like, you know, vegetables. When the fuck did vegetables get so expensive? But you know why? Because when they're busy deporting people and detaining people, who the fuck going to pick up the cow shit? Not me and not yeah. you. You see, right. it's all intersectional. It's like you said, it, it, it all connects, you know, and yes. And what I see with the abortion access, what's happening in the South is starting to creep its way up north. But the conservatives, you know, they sit there and they, they pretend to be Democrats, right? And, and they say all the white things and they show up in all the white spaces, but trust and believe. And they could be black or they could be white or brown, mm -hmm. you know. Up here, the racism is normalized. Up here, we have black and brown people who forgot they're fucking black and brown. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. I would love to see what they check off when they go for a passport or a driver's license. I need to be right. in the room. Right. What the fuck do you check off? Do you remember that you're black or brown? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, what I, what I will say to that, too, is that, listen, I, I, I get it. I get it. I think 
the men- breaking the mentality is such a hard thing. Listen, we we live in a country where being black and brown has so been undervalued, underappreciated, underrecognized. I get the mindset that like sometimes we as black people and brown people can sometimes feel as if like it's not going to matter. Right. It's not going to matter if we speak up because they're going to hush us anyways. They're going to turn our mic off. They're going to sit here and act like we weren't even in attendance. I understand that. I get that. And I get that, like, sometimes we as black and brown people feel like we have way too much else to do and take care of, like making sure the lights are on, making sure bills are paid, making sure rent is there, making sure we got food to feed our kids, our families, whatever, ourselves. I get all of that. And I will never not empathize, sympathize with any of that. I totally understand it. I do. I my only thing is, is that you have to understand that they want us to feel that way. They want us to feel like. That's right. There is nothing that we can do. That's one of the, that's why I personally think why white women and white people have been taking over this space and have made being a victim such a trend, right? As it, like you said, it's, it's part of how we have lived. That's part of, that's been part of the life here, right? Of being in this country. They want us to feel that way. They, they really do. And I know it's going to take a whole lot more to also sit here and they make sure you're taking care of. You know, take make sure you're taken care of and also advocate. But we also have to remember that we come from a very resilient line of people, period. Yes, we do. It is a privilege to even do what we're doing here. Like I said, when we did the panel, CJ, I was like, it is a privilege to even be able to talk about this right now. One, having the time to be able to do it. Right. Like, I have to acknowledge that about myself, but I do it because I want other people to understand, like, even the little bit of iota of a minute, second, whatever that you can take to advocate is really all that's needed because it'll grow over time, too. So it's like I get the mentality. I understand that. I want to I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, like I, I got it. Even the Beyonce concerts. Hey, listen, if you need some joy in your life to go to Beyonce concert. Cool. But I yeah, also do it. I right, but then put hope, that energy back yeah, into. Exactly. If you if you can do that, though, you can also do this. Right. Like if if you can afford to go and do that, you know, you can figure out your rent later on, whatever. But you can there's a lot of stuff that you can do to advocate that is also free. It may not be free of time and energy, but it's free when it comes to like monetary aspects. So, like, you know, that's something that I think we have to work through also as like a black and brown community is really fighting against that mindset of people. Because I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. But but not just the, the mindset. Right. The narrative. I don't think people really realize what that means when I say the narrative. I'm talking about, you know, we still have people using the word minority. Mm-hmm. That word should be banned. In my, if I had it my way, that word is banned. It's gone. You can't use that word no more, right? Because that, to me, is part of the mental control. The more you think you're less than, the more you're going to act and seem accordingly. Like, you know, you see this with, with different in different spaces, too. It's not just when people say it in conversation, but you see it in documents. You see it in, in, in reference to names of groups and other things. All of this is part of the narrative. It's how we describe ourselves. Like, imagine being a director somewhere as a black or brown person, and someone says, so what do you do there? I'm the director of minority the minute you say, you see how that sounded? Mm-hmm. I'm a director of what? Minority. You know, what about the jobs? You know, we're still backwards there too, you know. We have a lot that needs to be worked on, a lot that still can happen. So, you know, right. as, as she's saying, 
you know, we have the privilege to change this. And that narrative, in my opinion, you know, I use this platform not just to educate but re-educate because I get people coming at me with all kinds of different things, and I try to draw reference and inspiration from that, but also use it as a means so people could feel safe and comfortable and get some insight and info. We're not always going to agree, and that's another thing people need to understand. Yes, I cannot yes. fucking stand, and that's another pet peeve I have. I, I actually think I have a checklist of pet peeves I have with white-led groups. Right. Because it's like if you don't go with the status quo, you're no go. It has to be about what they want and how they want it. When I see groups moving like that and, you know, it's significantly white and even when it's not, it tells me you've learned nothing. Right. Stop letting these white people shove us out of our spaces, including the movement. Right. We should yeah. not be talking about abortion rights and only be talking about black. Uh, sorry, not black white women abortion rights. We have to talk about right. the black and the brown. Right. And I think within any experience, like one thing I always tell my storytellers was like, if you are a person of color, if you are a marginalized group, that is a part of your story. Speak to that. And like, don't let what and when I, I want to make it very clear, when I say white people, there are some white people I am not talking about. All right. I say I'll say it once. I'll say it again. If I am talking about you, it doesn't pertain to you. But when I say sometimes white people, what they can do is don't also allow white people to make you think that you have to sit here and apologize for being exactly who the fuck you are. The Jimmy Fox situation, I have to say, from what I've seen about it, that man, as far as I'm concerned, correct me if I'm wrong, CJ, I don't think he needed to apologize. But it was a really perfect example of white people making this man that the whole I don't know if you are aware of this, but the term of, you know, if they killed, uh, what do you say? If they killed Jesus, they'll kill you. They've also said, oh, if they killed Martin Luther King. That's yes. like one of the statements and that Malcolm. black people make. Yeah, that's a statement that black people make all the time just about fake people, people who will smile on your face and stab you in your back. There was nothing about it that was directed towards Jewish people, but yet here you had white people being like, oh, that's very anti-Semitic. And here you have a black man who's now having to apologize for something that he actually didn't do. Don't let white people make you think that you need to sit here and apologize for being exactly who the fuck you are. It's something that I've seen in even in my work with uh, Planned Parenthood that happens quite a lot. Like, who came up with BIPOC? Who came up with that? Not me. Not me. Who not came me. up with Latin X, too? And, and, and not only that, who came up with the pronoun shit? Like, uh, yeah, when I, I get pulled over, right, the fucking cop is not going to look at me and say, hey, what's your pronouns? They're going to look at my black ass and throw me in the fucking body wagon. Okay. They don't ask me that. Like, honestly, it's the narrative, once again. And, like, even with gender identity, right, all these different terms and, and all this, well, no, now you have to be this sexual now because if you don't do this, this checklist, right. right, they always have a fucking checklist, bro. And this does not mean I do not accept, don't come for me, I'm telling you all right now, this doesn't mean I don't accept your gender identity. What I'm saying is white people have a tendency to put a lot of adjectives and nouns and words in front of things before the action. Mm -hmm. Right here in Connecticut, these fuckers are studying racism. Why are we studying racism? <laughs> Why do we need a study for racism? You tell me. Please tell me. I don't Why even don't... really know what that means. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck that means, right? We have cops that are still slapping people around and still going home with a pension. If I come to your job and knock you the fuck out, I don't think I will go home with a pension. We still have stuff like that happening. 
We yeah. don't need time for you to, we don't have any time for you to sit here and add all these terms and, and quote unquote logic. And you know what? If you really want this equity that you claim to be, I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it. If you claim, you said you want it, and you said that's how it's going to be, give us the fucking space and opportunity and access to have the power and the privilege. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Bottom line. Right now in Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut in particular, we have only one black man running for mayor against mm-hmm. the four other people against him. Right. But here's the problem with that black man, right? And no offense to him either. He's a perfect example of what we just said. He feels he needs the white people to show him the way. What are they, a fucking flashlight? No, you could show yourself the fucking way. You don't need them. Get Google Maps or something, you know? Figure it the fuck out. And that's the other thing. We have this preconceived notion. Like, look at how you beautifully explain your journey into becoming a storyteller. There was no hiccups. Yes, of course, life is going to happen along the way in your journey. But we need to own that. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I could speak to the experience of witnessing a white woman come to work crying. (laughs) You know, completely destroyed. Why? Because a plant died that she'd been working on or some fuckery like that. Now, mind you, when we get into an accident, a car accident or whatever, we sit there trying to figure out how we're going to make up the hours at work. Right. If we need a babysitter, motherfuckers not going to roll up to the job crying and shit. You're trying to make sure you still have a job. You see the yeah. shift? Yeah. We don't get empathy. We don't get empathy in the workplace. We mm. don't even give empathy to each other. We need to change that. Yes. Speak your truth. Stop telling black and brown women and people they're emotional, right? I've I've been hit with that. I've been hit with being emotional, yes, or that they're and, angry, or that. Well, fuck it. I know I'm I'm angry, Ebony. I'm angry. I, I think like, I have reason. Yeah, but like, <laughs> let me be angry, or if I'm yes. aggressive, okay, then let me be aggressive. Then, like, yes. I wasn't aggressive, but now I'm going. Yes. to Yes. Now I'm going to be. I might pick up that folding chair. Yeah. I might have to pick up that folding chair. You feel me? But but that's what I'm saying. Like, we do that to each other. And I love that you said that because sometimes our worst enemy could be the person standing right next to us. Right? right. We do dumb shit and create shit within us, amongst us, over dumb shit, over dumb, dumb right. shit. And sometimes, if not most times, that dumb shit is usually because of some white people shit. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. And right? also, I want to I wanna say, too, like, don't get it fucked up, y'all. What There's a saying that we have, just because they you, your skin folk does not mean you're, they're your kin. Oh, God. For real. For real. They could tell you. You ever notice your own folk will tell you every reason why you cannot do something? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you go to start a business or a venture, and they are the least likely to show up and actually put money into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? But they'll take mm-hmm. a bunch of pictures and selfies doing it with everybody else. Or they'll be the least likely to give you a compliment when you're not in the room. Let me tell you something. It's the worst. That's the white, that's the whitewashing. You know, see, for me, right, I don't have to be friends with you to give you credit for your work. As long as you didn't do something that fucked up where I really, really, really don't want to deal with you. I, I, I mean, really, that's a whole different conversation, though. Like, let's say something really terrible happened. We have no reason to talk or know or whatever each other. That's one thing. But I don't make it a habit to just bash someone just to bash someone. 
I don't think anybody should do that. But that's the whitewashing that we're talking about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Now, Ebony, before we close out, can you do two favors for me before you leave? Tell us how we could stay updated with what you, you know, all that you have going on. And also any closing thoughts. Yeah, so you can say updated. I have Instagram. It's Wynobi underscore Swiggin. So it's Ebony spelled backwards, E-B-O-N-Y underscore Swiggin, S-W-I-G-G-I-N. Um, that's my last name with the S at the front. Um, so Wynobi Swiggin. I, I post a lot about a lot of different stuff. You will see it mostly on my story. Um, and then cl- any closing thoughts is, you know, stay black, stay brown. That's that's what I got for you. Hey, listen. You know what? You are who you are. Be be your true skin. Yeah, yeah. Don't apologize Don't for being who you are. I'm I'm over okay. that. If I want to wear a do rag to work, I'm gonna wear a do rag to work because mm-hmm. the wife over here is wearing a ball cap. I don't see what Listen, the difference is. I'm dying to hear 15 colors, and that's okay. But let me put highlights, and then you're gonna <laughs> remind me of the work policy. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me put a good set of braids in. And now you got to tell me about what is professional. I'm telling you to do it to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And out here in the north, it's normalized. Well, Ebony, thank you so much for taking time to be up here. I, you know, we look forward to you coming back. We have to. You got to come back. Oh, thank you, you for come having back. me. Of yeah, course. I mean, anytime. she's going to be back. Don't worry. She's coming back because we got to talk about Kanye and other things. And also, mm-hmm. as we draw nearer to the elections, I would like you to come back. And again, revisit this topic because, as you said, this is tied to the ballot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the time now for the change. Well, thank you so much, Ebony, for all that you do and continue to do. Your work is 